DiscerningHearts.com. In cooperation with the Institute for Priestly Formation, presents The Heart of Hope, Suffering and the Cross of Christ, with Deacon James Keating. Deacon Keating is the Director of Theological Formation at the Institute for Priestly Formation, located at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. Deacon Keating has led more than 400 workshops on moral theology and spirituality, and has authored numerous books, including The Way of Mystery, Listening for Truth, and Spiritual Fatherhood. The Heart of Hope, Suffering and the Cross of Christ, with Deacon James Keating. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. In the Christian life, we embrace the cross. We wear necklaces around our necks. We have them in our homes. They're to point us to something. Why a cross? Why is that our symbol? It's the symbol of our greatest fear, really. And um, that greatest fear is surrender in love. And uh, just from the human point of view, so many of us uh, hedge our bets when we uh, choose to love. We'll put limits on it. Like we have those nuptial agreements today now before we get married. You know, that we hedge our bets. And uh, we're afraid. We're afraid to be disappointed. We're afraid that surrender to love may hurt. There may be pain in it. And we look for ways to escape it. And so it's a paradoxical symbol of repulsion and attraction, where we know that in our deepest nature we're made to love, to surrender, to give uh, without bounds to love. And at the same time, that sounds an awful lot like death to us. And so we hedge our bets and we we hold back. So the symbol of the cross, from our point of view, is this great symbol of the place we want to go, but we're afraid to go. That place of of complete self-giving in love. Why would Jesus our Savior, our God, have to embrace that cross? Why would he have to suffer? He created the world. He's the Alpha, the Omega. This is, uh, again, the greatest of all paradoxes that goodness itself would have to suffer such profound evil. Innocence itself would have to suffer such profound evil. And the short answer, which, of course, we have to live into, is that he went to the cross because he wanted us to know that even though we feel alone when we suffer, he has entered every single aspect of suffering and he is with us. The terrible, the terrible way of dying, which is the cross, is symbolic of all of the types of suffering that human beings can inflict upon one another 
or that nature can inflict upon us. And Jesus wanted every human being to know that in that suffering, whether it's a health suffering or a relationship suffering, where we feel like we are forgotten, that we are abandoned, we are lost, we are alone. He wanted us to know that he has entered into every bit of that darkness himself. This is who God is. God does not take us out of the human condition. God, because he loves us and created us, God enters the human condition. And the human condition is one of limit and finitude, which brings on suffering. And so, he suffered because he loved. And as uh, Pope Benedict said, when then Cardinal Ratzinger, that whenever you think about God suffering, whenever you think about Jesus suffering, you immediately have to think about Jesus, God, loving. Because he suffers only because he loves. We're called to be Christ to the world. So does that lead us embracing that same type of suffering? It does when we understand the cross as, as this. The cross is meeting evil with love. And so in that way, yes, every Christian, everyone who bears the name Christ, must also enter the cross, must enter the reality of meeting evil with love. Because we are baptized, we are baptized into this great mystery of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And we bear that as a witness to the world, that we are not going to escalate evil, We are not going to be hopeless in the face of evil. We are somehow, and in our small way, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we are going to confront evil with love. Meaning that when bad things happen to us, we are going to will the good. We are going to, at its deepest level, even in the midst of this evil, I'm going to maintain relationships with those whom I love. That this evil is not going to take these relationships away. I'm going to stay connected. In the midst of this evil, I'm going to continue to commune with God, with love, with those in my life whom I love. I'm going to meet this evil, my dying, the ultimate evil, sin, my need for conversion, the penultimate evil, all of the cancers and all of the sicknesses that confront us. I'm going to meet this evil in communion with those whom I love, in communion with God. Evil is not going to separate me out and leave me isolated and alone. In the midst of this evil and suffering, I'm going to go more deeply into love. This becomes the great witness of the Christian. See how those Christians love one another. Even in the midst of horrific love, excuse me, 
horrific evil, love is still seen because the Christian bears love into evil and redeems it by the grace of Christ. That entering deeply into love, that's at the heart of why we pray, isn't it? We're called to pray, to open up our hearts, to sustain our identities in relationship. I am not an I, I am a we. I am a relationship. And evil always tries to rip that apart and sort of isolate me and throw me in the corner by myself and say, uh, you'll never get through this. You're weak, you're bad, you're alone. And if we begin our days from the time we are little children till the time we're adults, suffering the coming of Christ, in other words, it's not natural for us to want to pray. It's work in the very beginning to pray. And so, in the very beginning, we pray in such a way that it seems like it's a duty. As Christ enters us more deeply, this becomes who we are. We are the beloved of God. And so, prayer itself becomes our identity. It reaches down to our very being. And as we pray, we go more deeply into that relationship between myself, the Church, Christ, the Trinity, the saints. Deeper and deeper, I go into all of these relationships that identify me and sustain me. Then, when evil confronts me, I am able to withstand it without losing my identity. In fact, for the holiest among us, evil becomes the occasion for deepening my intimacy with God, deepening my identity as one who is loved by God, because this person has prayed for so long, and this person has found their identity deep within their being. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. Even though this is befalling you now, I am with you. And of course, we go back to your original question, what is the meaning of the cross? How dare you say that God is with you in this suffering? It looks as if God has abandoned you. But no, he has entered into every aspect of our suffering. And so, my son and my daughter, I am closer to you now than I have ever been before. It looks like you're abandoned, but in reality, this is the time of your visitation. This is the time for deepening your intimacy with me. And so prayer becomes crucial to withstand suffering, to undergo its deepest meaning and purification. And this is why more and more we have to teach parishioners that prayer is not an uh, ancillary or auxiliary type of reality in the parish. Wouldn't it be nice if I was a prayer? but it's constitutive of being Catholic. It's at the very heart of being Catholic. You must learn how to pray because you must learn to welcome God at deeper and deeper levels. If we welcome God into deeper levels, aren't we in danger of having him expose those things we don't want him to see? Well, we're experts at hiding from, from love. It's more natural for us to run 
from the truth because of the wound of original sin. And so many uh, marital problems and personality problems are, are linked to this not wanting God to see us. And God is uh, very gentle, very persistent in his love. And he comes very close and he wants to ask us, what, what are you afraid of? And a lot of times our, our answer is, I'm afraid of pain. And so I really don't want you getting too close to me. Because then I may have to tell you the truth of my own self-hate, my own sadness, my own, my own darkness, my own sins. I may have to actually tell you who I am. And so let's just keep this religion thing superficial, shall we? Let's keep it a duty on Sunday that I'm to show up in a, at an institution and then I'll feel like I have done something for this relationship. But God is saying to us, that's just a mirage. I want to come so close so that you define yourself by my love of you. And I know that's frightening. But would you please trust me because I have come so close to you as to take on your flesh and your blood and to die your way of death. And I did all of this so that you would know you are loved. And yet you keep running from me because you're afraid and because you don't like pain. And I understand all this. But please look to the cross and see that I stopped running and I let the human condition define me as a man and I took on everything that you are now carrying and everything that you are now hiding. And now just trust me that whatever you're carrying and hiding, I will understand and I will have compassion for you. And do not be afraid to let me go deep. For in allowing me close is the very definition of your happiness. And the longer you keep me from the deepest things of your heart, the longer you will carry your sorrows and your griefs by yourself. And of course, this can only compound the sadness of the human condition. And so in some way, as human beings, we're we're our worst enemies. God wants to come so close, and yet we keep him at a distance because of this fear of pain. We'll return in just a moment to The Heart of Hope, Suffering and the Cross of Christ, with Deacon James Keating. This is Chris McGregor wishing all our listeners, on behalf of all associated with Discerning Hearts, a blessed and holy Advent season. We want to thank you for your prayers and support of Discerning Hearts this past year. We are 100% listener-supported, so our ministry of bringing you programs like the one you are listening to now would not be possible without your help. 
As we head into 2020, we believe God has opened the door to many incredible opportunities in the area of expanded programming and greater outreach to the world. Therefore, our year-end funding goal to maintain program and operating expenses for the next six months is $50,000. Could you possibly help us meet that goal? We would also ask you to please keep us in your prayers. We anticipate a very big year ahead of us. Discerning Hearts is an IRS 501c3 nonprofit charitable corporation, and your donation is fully tax-deductible to the extent permitted by law. Just click the Donate button located on the DiscerningHearts.com website, or you can find it inside the Discerning Hearts free app. By doing so, you can help us to continue our ministry throughout the world. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised, and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. We now return to The Heart of Hope, Suffering and the Cross of Christ with Deacon James Keating. As you speak, I'm drawn to the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary of the Agony in the Garden, where he stopped, and he had to face his worst fears. All I know is that it caused him to sweat blood. Isn't that what we run from? It's not so much the physical sufferings we have to endure, but those emotional traumas. Yeah, the sweating of blood is such a powerful symbol of the limit of suffering. There's nothing more I can do. I'm so afraid and I bear so much pain that now the interior of the person, the very symbol of the person's life, blood itself, is now manifested on his forehead and dripping down his face and He's at the very limits of human capacity to suffer. 
And so on one level, yes, you know, linger there in the garden with Jesus, with all your emotional pain. Now again, the, the deepest human pain is probably this fear of loneliness. And this fear of loneliness, a Christ is bearing right there. So get very close to him there. Nobody understands me. Nobody accepted me. I feel like my life has been for naught. And you want to get very close to Christ in the garden. And you want your blood to mingle with his. You want all of your fears and doubts and difficulties to be there with him. And again, Jesus is not a magician. He's not going to magically take you out of the human condition. He's going to deepen your relationship with the divine from within the human condition. So the deeper you get, go into the truth of who you are, hiding nothing from God, hiding nothing from yourself, the deeper you will have what you're looking for, intimacy with love itself. And this is what's beginning in this great suffering in the garden, which will culminate, of course, in the resurrection. But we do not know yet how dark darkness is. Jesus died a real death. He went all the way, so to speak. And because we're so used to the story, a lot of times we don't understand that he actually died on the cross. He really went to the place that no one wants to go to. And yes, the Father's relationship with him defined Jesus as life, and so the grave could not keep him. But we too, like Jesus, we must go all the way into the human condition, which includes death and suffering, but it also includes this great mystery of love intermingling with death and suffering. And this, of course, is what keeps death and suffering from having the last word. In other words, we're at the very core of salvation here. That if you do not let Christ close, if you do not know the living God and love him, then that great love you have for him will not intermingle with death and suffering. And therefore, that love will not be able to pull you out of death and suffering when it befalls you. And so, are you capable now of inviting Jesus, who is love itself, into the very midst of your deepest suffering that you're undergoing right now? Are you capable of saying to Jesus in, the, in your own words, this part of my life is most filled with pain and suffering, it's the part of my life that I think is the part of my life that's void of love. That you could not possibly want to go there. And Jesus is saying, that's the exact point that I want to go to. The exact point I want to enter. The point where you think you're unlovable. Yes, you're unlovable at this point of sickness or rejection or failure. That's what you think. It's not true. Let me in there. 
See, and here is the mystery of salvation. You're, you're feeling the mystery of salvation because you're letting love enter death and suffering. And death and suffering is not having the last word. Why does God allow us to suffer? If he loves us so much, why do we have to suffer? You know, one level we want to say, you know, we don't know. On another level, there's a certain authenticity and integrity to the mystery of sin that we have to undergo this befallen human nature of ours. That somehow, in time, human beings have chosen to turn their backs and to block what God wanted to originally give. And now, because of sin, not individual, actual sin, as if God is saying, you must suffer because you chose to steal or you chose to lie. God doesn't work that way. This is deeper in the human condition which the church has traditionally called original sin. In other words, there's something broken in us. The reason we suffer is because there's something broken, which of course is why we needed the Savior to give us peace, to give us healing, to give us wholeness. And as much as there's suffering in the world, where you can imagine all of your friends now who are suffering, we can also at the same time imagine all of your friends who are rising. The Paschal mystery is happening in its fullness throughout the church every day. People are suffering, yes, but people are also being healed. People are having relationships broken apart, but people are also reconciling. So we suffer because of this burden of the human condition called original sin. But even now, in time, we can see that that condition does not define us that there is grace and that there is hope that is breaking in. Someone has just been miraculously healed at, a, at the hospital and the doctors don't know why. You just get a phone call from a friend of yours who rec reconciled with their spouse. A son who had run away from home has just come back. All sorts of things in their very bleak darkness have given way to light. You'd never thought you'd be employed again. And then the phone rings. Why do we suffer? We are broken. There's something broken. And yet there's something coming in Christ to heal us. We are broken. And yet he's coming even now to mend us. And that's why we have to let him in. Let him close. In conclusion on this segment, what would you say to the person who is looking at the cross and is fearful to embrace it? It's probably best just to say what Jesus said. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. To trust beyond what you see, beyond what you feel, Trust that love is still present, even though it feels like you're alone. You're not alone if you enter these words with Jesus. Remember, he came 
to join divinity to the human condition, to raise up the human condition, to raise up human nature. This is our way of aligning ourselves with that great mystery that the Father did not want to leave humans in oblivion, but wanted to take us home again. The way for us to go home is to realize that Jesus wants to say these words over again in you. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. That I trust in you even though all things look dark. I know that you are my Father and that you will not leave me here even though I must pass through here. Father, come and find me. Come and receive me. Bring me through this Passover into the light of your love. Align yourself with the mystery of Jesus saying that, and you can face the cross. You've been listening to The Heart of Hope with Deacon James Keating. To hear and or to download this episode along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for The Heart of Hope with Deacon James Keating.